0: Hi, my name is Crystal Trehill-Green. I'm a graduate of the Oxford Said Business School and of Harvard College. After getting my MBA in England, I worked as a global operations manager at Qualtrics. I transitioned from full-time work about a year ago to spend more time with my two young children. I now work as an independent consultant covering data and operations strategy, and I serve on several boards. I first came into contact with the Latter-day Saint MBA Society when my husband and I attended the 2017 conference at Chicago Booth. We listened to successful business leaders talk candidly about how their religious beliefs helped guide them in career decisions. I made connections at that conference that helped to guide my post-MBA career path, and I have attended every annual conference since. The Latter-day Saint MBA Society was founded by a group of MBA students and alumni who are members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, with the hope of bringing together a community of business people striving to bless the world. In this podcast, you'll hear interviews with Latter-day Saint thought leaders that we hope will inspire you both in your professional and spiritual life. For more information about the Latter-day Saint MBA Society, visit latter And now I'll pass it over to Kurt Francom, who will host this week's interview.
1: And we're back for another episode of the Latter-day Saint MBA podcast. And today I get to chat with another one of my friends. Sometimes I know the guests from... uh from uh, just life or our networks or uh business other times uh, they're new to me but today scott porter you're my buddy right we're, we're friends right <laughs> absolutely
2: nice <laughs> thanks nice. so much for oh man yeah so many fun shared uh experiences so far and looking forward to more in the future but yeah it's great to be with you kurt thank you
1: cool well and uh I guess you, I, the way that I originally got introduced to you—you're the the San Diablo churro guy, right? Is that the the best way to? to to describe your professional life currently?
2: Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that I do for sure. I'm like the bald churro guy that wears a bow tie and so it's hard to hard to hard to miss me. That's cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I do I have made a lot of churros in these last 5 years since we've been in
1: business. Nice. Well, we're going to get into that story and, and hear the the genesis of all that, but let's uh, start at the beginning of your life. Where where are you originally from? Oh, the beginning of my life. Um, so I'm, uh, I say that I'm
2: from Las Vegas. That's where I finished high school. That's where my parents live currently. And that's where we go home for the holidays and gather as a family. Um, I uh, i grew up in Southern Alberta, in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Um, wow. All of my childhood was there until I was 13. I, well, I was actually born in Arizona and However, so I grew up always thinking that I was an American citizen and, um, and then one of my mom's favorite stories is of me finding out for the first time in my life that I was also a Canadian when I was 28 years old. Wow. You're like, how do you not know (laughs) that, that you were also Canadian? Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's like a
1: dual citizenship thing? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, dual citizens. So nice.
1: So yeah. you could run for president of the United States if you wanted to. I could. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> nice. Well, it's <laughs> coming up here. You better get your campaign together. So
2: uh, oh, oh, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Um, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> so just take us through, like, just give us in, in five minutes or less, less or three minutes or less. You're, Each step of the way, starting in high school to your professional life here, both, you know, through schooling and through different jobs or careers you've had. Oh, gosh.
2: Well, so high school, uh, finished high school in Las Vegas, and then I went to uh, Brigham Young University, BYU. And got my undergrad in public relations, served my mission in during that time in Mexico, Tampico, and um, changed the trajectory of my life. And we'll, I'm sure, get into that. Um, And uh, and then out of undergrad. What worked as the first employee of a public relations agency, a brand new agency in um, Seattle. So I moved to the Pacific Northwest for about five years, then went back to business school at and uh, got my MBA at BYU. As well, and loved my time there. Had an amazing experience, and then unexpectedly took a couple or took a a job. I say unexpectedly, I'm sure we'll get into that too, but um, uh, to run a nursing home in Southern California and ran a couple of nursing homes there uh, for about four plus years um, out of uh, business school. Then did international business consulting based in Washington DC for a couple of years back to Southern California, um, ran a home health agency and then some friends and I, um, started an airline. Uh, the first, all you can fly membership airline SurfAir, based in Los Angeles. Um, and, and then, uh, started as a natural extension, started a, a gourmet churro experience company in Utah, <laughs> Utah after that. So this all makes perfect sense. I'm sure to anyone yeah. listening, thing um and uh and then a couple of other obviously uh interests and side hustles along the way like a nonprofit that we started for, for Mormon single or, or members of the church that are single to do international humanitarian service and, and a toy and game company with my brother. And um, anyway, super fun stuff. Um, but uh, I'm, so I'm now currently uh, running San Diablo artisan churros based here in Utah. We recently scaled nationally with an at-home churro making kit, which is super fun. And, and then also focusing on brand experience. Experience consulting, um, and and a whole taco universe that I like to call Vitamin T. So there you go. <laughs> nice. Cool.
1: cool. There's, right. a, there's there's some fodder for you to. to oh do. yes. Oh yes. We'll see where we'll, we'll jump in along the way here. But so going back to the beginning, what did you uh, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up as, as a developing teenager? Oh,
2: man, uh, I like I had no idea. I knew that I really don't have any idea. I like still in my, uh, freshman, sophomore, maybe I guess up to a sophomore beginning of my junior year at, at BYU. I still didn't know. I was like taking anatomy class. I'm like, maybe I want to be a doctor I'm taking a PR class. Maybe I want to get into that. Um, should I do, I, I was kind of drawn. I knew I was drawn to people for sure. Yeah. And so what that looked like and how that was going to be, how that was going to take shape in my professional career, it was very unclear to me. So I just moved forward at an early age of kind of experimentation of what, you know, took a couple of internships, tried a couple things out. I realized I liked the human body, but I didn't like all of that was the involved with all that. So doctor was not for me. Um, I have so much respect, but not for not my path. And so, um, business public relations ended up feeling just so right. And just resonated with who I was and what I wanted to learn and, and, and the way that I felt like I could make a difference in the world. So
1: so were you I know of entrepreneurs they're sort of hustlers as a you know as a teenager or even as a young child I mean we're going door-to-door selling stuff or lemonade stands or anything like that as a kid
2: oh yeah of course like I, I I when I was a I I think like eight nine or ten like somewhere around there it's all a blur but I my first thing was I created a neighborhood newspaper I so I went around to like all my friends fam- like their their parents and I like interviewed them about like what they did for work and where they went on vacation and like all these different things and then i had my office underneath my uh our our staircase in the basement i like like had my office in there and like like my parents typewriter (laughs) typewriter remember those Yeah. when i say typewriter to like my my team that are millennials they're like they look at me like i crossed the plains you're right wait wait really how are you like you're that old and so typewriter, and then I put I typed this up and sold it back to them for twenty five cents. I photocopied it and sold back this neighborhood newspaper. So of course, did like newspaper routes and um, all of those things. Always, always, you know, hustle. Yeah. You know, it was, my dad was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur. My, 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 uh, mom has this insane work ethic and just like focus and determination and, and creativity and let's try, you know, let's do it. And, and I, I, so I, I saw that and, and it's something that's, that was just ingrained on, not, not just ingrained on me and impressed on me. It is part of me. Like I am an entrepreneur by nature. It's just, I, I, I have to be engaged in creation and, and I'm, I like to have my hand in a lot of different things. It's just who I am. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so it was, it was at a very early age that all of that, all of that entrepreneurial fire was ignited and has never gone away and won't ever.
1: Yeah. That's cool. And I was going to ask you what your parents did and if that influenced your, your career trajectory at all. But so your dad was an entrepreneur and, and your yeah, mom was my,
2: my father's like the hardest working, kindest man. Um, he, he is, uh, he grew up on a farm in really tough economic situation in Tabor, Alberta. Um, and, uh, and, and was just a self-made man, and and worked super hard at at uh, making a living. And when when I was young, he started a general contractor business with his brother, and and um, and uh, his brothers brother-in-law and they started this general contracting firm and and he just worked at it and then when we he moved away to to uh, and we moved to st george before las vegas each one of those times it was like restart your business from scratch and build the contacts and and hustle and get out there and make a difference and do great quality work and work hard and and so my dad like just uh showed me and all of us like what that grit and that, that, uh, the fierce intensity of hard work, um, what, how, why and how you do that. And so he was modeled for sure. Um, and so grateful for that.
1: Yeah. So I I think for all of us that that served missions, I think it's a, um, a life changing things for a variety of reasons, but why was yours uniquely, uh, life transforming. Um, have you been to Mexico, Kurt? Uh, yeah, a couple of times. What, 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 where have you been? I've been to uh, Mexico city. Uh, oh, and, yes. uh, <laughs> and then uh, my wife and I just went on a cruise a few weeks ago to, to Cabo and Maslow. Oh Nice.
2: Yeah. So I've never been to Cabo, but Mexico city feels like my second home. I love it so much. Um, uh, Oh, wow. Mexico. Um, I, Mexico is the perfect description for me of God knowing each one of us. Hmm. And the reason why I say that is that I thought, I was like so convinced that I was going to Russia on my mission. <laughs> Like, so convinced. I had a Russian CTR ring that I wore before my mission call. Like, I just was, I got caught up in the whole, you know, the Iron Curtain was coming down, and first missionary, like, I want to be one of the first missionaries in one of these cities and, like, share the gospel for the first time with these people. And and I just think I got caught up in all of that. And and as soon as I, I remember opening my mission call, as soon as I was like, first of all, where's Tampico? But, like, instantly... For me, and I'm so grateful for this, it doesn't happen to everyone, but instantly for me, I was like, this is exactly where I need to be. Huh. And, and so for me, my mission represents an affirmation that God knows me. He knows exactly what I needed to continue to grow and develop and progress in this life. So Mexico is that for me. That the the Mexican people, the culture, the way that they, the warmth, the kindness, the focus on human connection, on people, on, oh my gosh, nice to meet you. Please come in my house. I want to give you my food right now. Mi casa es tu casa is like a real, real thing. It is part of who they are. That love and focus on on humanity on the human person in front of them and caring more about that than a thing or, or stuff. Um, and that they will like sacrifice and give anything so freely unconditionally is it transformative Was transformative for me and like changed my outlook on life changed who I am now. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we ate, we've eaten tacos together yeah, we um, and we made them together. Right. Yeah. And so um, like, it's almost impossible for anyone to like, they can't imagine me without Mexico or tacos or churros or anything. Like it's impossible. You can't just dis- disassociate those things. I, it is so much a part of me and I, and I love that. I love yeah. that. And I want to embrace that mentality more. It's what I need. To be a better man, to be a better leader, to be a better person. Um, all of these wonderful virtues uh, that I learned from friends and And strangers and, and all sorts of great things that happened on my mission. So it, it like set the stage. I knew as soon as I was there, I was like, I will be involved in Mexico my entire life. Like, Hmm. I don't know what shape that's, I don't know what that's going to look like. I want to be involved in international business. I want to pursue making a difference. Um, I remember, I remember, man, it's been a while since I've thought about this, but, I remember this one service project that we did as missionaries and we ended up, we, Oh, wow. This woman's home was just a complete disaster in the backyard. And it was like, it was so gross. And we like spent the entire day cleaning it out. And we had multiple people from our district, there elders, missionary sisters, everyone. And like so many animals were living there and it was so gross. Anyway, we ended up filling the back of this truck And we took it out to the dump. And I had never been to a dump in Mexico before. And I remember um, we pulled up there and we're like uh, unloading everything off of the truck. And as we were unloading, I saw this family. I looked over there and I saw this family that had built this kind of TP shelter out of trash that they were living in, in the dump. And as we're unloading the trash that we were getting rid of, they were literally picking through it to find if there were any valuable things to either eat or save or help them live better. I, I was like stunned, right? Um, I, that, that image in my mind is so powerful that I remember thinking, I want to do anything that I can to help people have opportunities to help people. Remember thinking all the hard questions too, right? This isn't fair. Why is this happening? Like, why did I get to be, why did I get the blessings that I've received and they're living in trash that's not fair. And like all experiencing all the emotions, like I was yeah. mad. I was confused. I was, I was inspired to change my life, to do anything that I can to, to help man. I'm sorry. That's been a while since I've, since I've th- for some reason, that story came to my mind about how this has changed my life. And, and I, I'm so grateful for that because that, really has that that experience coupled with everything else obviously has uh really set a tone for uh set the stage for decisions that i've made professional decisions personal decisions where i want to spend my time and energy what focus i want to have as a as a man as a leader as a future husband and future father um How, what, what do I want to have my impact be on the world, on God's children? And I want to do, I want to, I want to do everything that I can to eliminate those types of situations that I was so like, like smack me in front of the face. That was so, so harsh and, and want to do everything that
1: I can to, to help change that. Yeah wow that's powerful so i mean stepping off the plane from your your mission knowing you know you had the, the, such an influential experience uh, seeing poverty in the, on that level and and knowing that you're going to be involved somehow with with the mexican people how did how did that influence your your professional journey right after your mission <laughs> well so i got i you know I got
2: home and i uh, was that's when I was like doing this exploratory like what do I want to be when I grow up that sort mm-hmm. of thing um and uh, and eventually ended up studying public relations which was perfect I love it loved it and I'm so grateful and um part of that I was like i'm gonna do an international public relations internship and there's no program in place to do that. So I like carved my own path and, and like m- m- got the public relations
1: internship um, in Mexico. So, City. So when you said there's, there's no program in place like at BYU or anywhere in the country or what, what do well, you mean by
2: At that? BYU, like BYU doesn't try to help you get, In uh, public relations, international internships like they have programs in D.C. and New York and L.A., but nothing for international. But I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to do business in Mexico, and I want to like be a normal, real person in Mexico. When you're a missionary, you're like living an alternative life. Yes, you're involved in the culture and in people's lives, but you're not it's not real. And so, um, I wanted to, I wanted to know more about Mexico. I wanted to increase my business vocabulary and see how business worked and international business. Anyway, it was super awesome. I went down there and then that also changed everything because I lived in Mexico city, fell in love with the city. And, um, and that's when I like that at the end of my internship, I did my first I led my first taco tour to Mexico city when my friends came down, um, to visit after we were done. Okay, and- so
1: was this like a, a formal, like you just got friends and said, Hey, I'll show you the, the best tacos. Or it was like the, a formal taco tour. Like, I mean, oh, how-
2: I mean this started out, this was like the very beginnings. And so they, these were like three friends coming down because we wanted to explore Mexico when I was done with my, with my internship and me, having now been in Mexico, realizing the city's so enormous and so like unruly in the sense of, you know, you have to be strategic where you're spending your time or spend all day long in traffic. And so i i like with my friend andy like we like planned out this ideal itinerary of where to take take everyone and where to eat and what to do for the four days that we were there (laughs) so literally that uh, like very almost same itinerary very similar with lots of really amazing modifications but is is still in place like that's what i do when i excuse me when I take people to Mexico city. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was that. So that's what I did when I when like to get back involved. I'm like, gosh, something was always drawing me there. And that's how God communicates with me. Like I've learned over the years is like this feeling of being compelled to do something. Um, Mm -hmm. like many, I have friends that they hear, they hear a voice, they, or they, like, things are really clear in other ways. And that's not how I've learned that God communicates with me. Typically, it's by these really strong feelings that may not totally make sense. Cause I, I would have loved to have, I, I wasn't making a lot of money that summer doing that internship. Um, and I needed to, but it just felt like it was something that I was compelled to do. And, mm-hmm. and I've learned that over the years, um, following that spiritual nudge and guidance and, and, um, understanding has, has, uh, has always put me down the path of, uh, of, of, in my case, a very unconventional path, but, but also the path that, um, I feel is preparing me for what's next. And that, that God is, is, is in that detail of my life.
1: Hmm. That's great. So was this during your, when you did this internship, had you already gravi- graduated with your undergrad?
2: No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, so this is in between my junior and senior year. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And then, then I went up to Seattle. It was a great opportunity, but then uh, there was a time when I, I forgot about this. I like was only about three years into working with this at this agency, maybe two years. And I'm like, I'm, I think I want to take a sabbatical. I can't even believe that I'd said this. And I'm like, I, I need to. I want to go on this pilot program that they're doing in Mexico for four months. Can you just like hold my job for four months? I can't believe that I asked my boss <laughs> if I could do this, um, and he agreed. And I went and lived in Monterey, Mexico, and worked in the, uh, did a pilot program for the church. They were doing uh, teaching English at the institute level or it, through the institutes and like computer classes and stuff like that. So um, it was. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. And so, and this is maybe a broader theme of your life and your professional journey is that you're not afraid to say, you know, that looks interesting. I'm going to I'm going to figure out a way to go do that. Right. Or or take time off or I'm just going to wander down this path and see what I can find and and where God uh, what God has to teach me down this path
2: yeah that's very fair to say <laughs> i mean it is
1: that is the story of my life like i'm just uh yeah yeah and there's no regret in that right like you don't feel like yeah, it was probably wasn't the best thing to do right? and sure oh. maybe there's instances where that was the case but there's not a lot of regret oh, sure. by living that lifestyle no way and the other thing uh, with that too is that i'm in
2: I'm in flow. I'm in like the zone. I'm in like, when I, when, when, when you give me a blank space and say, go and create like, there's like, that's my sweet spot. Like I love that so much. It's, and that's like a theme for my professional endeavors in everything. It's like, Oh, you tell me that nursing homes have terrible reputation and, and we can turn that around. Awesome. Let's, let's do it right now. And like, oh, you, 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 you we want to create like the first, all you can fly membership airline. No one's ever done that before. Awesome. We, I remember first day with the three of us there, we sat in front of a whiteboard. We're like, okay, we're starting, we're starting surf air. It wasn't surf air at the time, but we're starting surf air. What do we do? Yeah, <laughs> And so it's like, okay, starting a churro business. Oh, okay. Hey, um, uh, you, 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 you guys are taking, um, vendor applicants at corn Bellies in, uh, for six weeks. Great. Um, what do you guys sell? Uh, artisan filled churros. Awesome. Um, how long have you guys been in business? Well, actually we'd be launching there, but you know what? Listen, I'll bring you and everyone involved in this decision-making process churros, and you guys can decide if you want us there or not. Great. We're going to do that in three days. I had no, like, can you be there? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I only made churros twice in my life. Like didn't have a brand name, had no, like, you know, uh, anyway, it was, it was crazy, but that like, it is, I, I feel like I thrive in those situations where it's like, you tell me that something's never been done before we'll figure out, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, or that if it's like, let's create this. Okay. Awesome. I have no idea how to do that. Let's figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and again, this isn't like I uh, I don't think you would recommend this lifestyle for every last individual or, or MBA student or, or professional, but uh, for some individuals, that's just, that's just what they need. Right. And I, and I'm, uh, we're, we're kindred spirits this way that if I'm, just doing the day-to-day stuff and it, it's hard to, you know, in a company and just focused on the, you know, the spreadsheet or whatever it is, it's hard for me to function. I need to go out and explore and, and try new things. And, and along the way, as I make mistakes, I learn a whole lot more. Right? Totally.
2: Totally. Well, and, and I think like, uh, um, I think that that's why BYU was really good for me as an MBA program and really like, uh, also, okay, well, cause and also really like, um, empowering for me in the sense that, okay, you want most people to follow a very specific track and like work their way up the corporate ladder and get in at this particular like fortune 500 or fortune 50 company and like work their way up and influence an awesome, That is terrific for many, many people. That is not for me. And so there, so in a lot of ways, I kind of felt in the program, like there was, there was, uh, I wanted to, um, I want, I wanted to take that risk. I wanted to, um, I wanted to explore and do something that was different and, and, um, and feel like I, 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 I wish that there was more of an environment and I think there is now more and more, but more of an environment of like, like nonconformity, if that mm. makes sense, like risk-taking, it's okay. Like if it doesn't work out for a couple of years, you can always go back to the other. You know yes. what I mean? Sure. Like, is it going to be tough? Is it going to be hard? Yeah. But like, try it out. Why yeah. not? Like that's, I mean, that is my own personal philosophy that doesn't work for everyone, but I feel like we, we, we could use a little bit more of a dose of that in, in, um, especially in like the, in the, the culture of, of, uh, that tends to lean towards conformity and like there is a set path, right? Mm -hmm. Like you should do this or this is the way to make you happy professionally or whatever. And then, you know, fast forward 20 years and lots of my friends are like, I got to get out of this like corporate environment and I want to like pursue my passions and dreams. And, um, so anyway, I think there's, I think there's room for more, um, uh, Mm more discussion and, and for really empowering people that do have this strong entrepreneurial vein to their and, and like DNA in their system to like go for it and encouragement of like, do it. Let's provide you the resources and tools and help to, 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 to make those, those steps and to, and to take that risk and to realize that, you know, there is a risk and, and it's okay.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your journey to uh, business school at BYU was when you graduated with the undergrad, was MBA school always the plan or when did you no. decide that, that MBA school was, uh, <laughs> I z- obviously you don't plan about, you know, six weeks out in the future. It sounds like you're Scott, but <laughs> so, so when did you make the decision?
2: <laughs> I honestly, I'm a big planner, but, <laughs> um, but I, I, there's like flexibility in this plan. Like, yeah, yeah. um, so I was, uh, I was laid off from this first PR job out of undergrad when, um, uh, right at that, when the tech bomb was happening, like 1999 and 2000 and all the, the tech companies were overvaluated and, and, um, uh, And so they were, um, so I was without a job and, um, and at a tough stage in my career when I was too young to do, or I was too young for a higher level position and too old for entry level. And so, um, that's basically what they were hiring at that stage. And I feel, I felt like I needed to expand my understanding of business and take myself really like out of the market for a couple of years and just build my knowledge, um, grow my network, um, have additional experiences and understanding. And so I decided to go back to business school and, um, and it was like, it was incredible. It was incredible. I did not necessarily want to go to back, back to BYU. I love BYU so much. My experience there was incredible, but I wanted a different experience. And then that's when, you know, I was looking at other schools that, and, uh, got into other schools, but, uh, when I um, consulted with God, I was like, mm, and then he, he, made, he, he made me feel that BYU was the right place. I was like, mm, really? I mean, I love BYU, but I want a different experience. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, it was the greatest thing ever. Ever, I was so glad, and m- multiple reasons. I mean, friends for life in the program, amazing connections, experience, and and richness of the of of my education and the things I was involved, like business plan competition and student government, and like all these other things that that made the experience so so rich for me. Um, and the thing that I couldn't have known is that. Or, or didn't fully think through, but three of my siblings were, at in Provo the entire two years that I was there, uh, that I was there, mm-hmm. and these are siblings that were kids when I left on my mission, and so now they're adults, and I'm so eternally grateful for that time that I was there and that I became friends with my siblings, those three siblings that I love. So, I mean, I love all my siblings too, Wendy, Marcy, I love you too. Um, but it was, but that the strength of the the relationship that we built when we were there was powerful. And even if it meant that we were just studying together in the same room, um, I'm so grateful for that time that we spent together.
1: Yeah, that's Awesome, and so there's, you know, that component of just you know being very prayerful and and sort of leaning in, even though it wasn't your wasn't your uh, number one option of, of business school, right?
2: Well, and and I think that that's like there's there's an important learning there of like, well, what maybe my number one option is like I I think that when God truly like wants a particular thing to happen in your life like kill will make it known yeah yeah <laughs> and 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 then it's up to you to to like follow through with that and um and like i said eternally grateful for that and for those friendships that that i built there with my with my siblings
1: yeah so so uh any just like uh, advice or perspectives that you could offer to, to maybe individuals considering going to MBA school, like, uh, whether they're, you know, study habits or ways to, uh, you know, network or anything like that. Looking back, what would you tell yourself on day one of, of business school to make it a, a better experience? Study habits. I'm so glad you led with
2: study. habits. <laughs> I'm, I don't have any advice on study habits. Um, so I, I love learning. Um, and and like I said, an amazing experience, rich experience at BYU. I what I realize and I think any of us would say that graduated together or any of my friends that have done graduate school especially business school is that it is really all about the relationships that you build because those relationships and that network will be with you for life like literally like a handful of us that were super tight we just we just went to Mexico City together like right before the pandemic you know because we love each other and we want to hang out and I'm in a book club with, with uh, uh, Jessica Johnson, you know, like we're, we're like dear, dear friends. We went through this crucible experience together and there's something that bonds you for life and you have each other's best interests in mind. And you like, like care about where you're at in life. And I think that there's that the network really is so crucial. So wherever you go like that network and friend, those friendships and and relationships will be with you for life. And so I would um, not let school get in the way of that. Yeah. You know, um, (laughs) maybe some admissions directors are plugging their ears, but it's like school. I mean, yes, it's important. I don't remember many of the things I learned and in, in, in school, some of them, I have changed my perspectives and paradigms and influenced who I am as a leader. But, um, but it really is all about the relationships and the people. And, and, uh, and so I would lean into that and not not get so caught up in either unless you want to get a PhD or something like that. Like the grades don't really matter. (laughs) I mean, yes, this is a problem is that uh, I'm an overachiever and I want to, I always want an A, (laughs) but you also have to get to that point where it's like, you know what? I'd like to consider myself a recovering perfectionist. It's like, I need to mitigate that like desire to to, to, for perfection with like a really healthy dose of reality and like what's really, really, truly important in yeah. the long term and not, not that, la- not let that get lost in, in, um, in stuff that is not as important. Sure, it's still important, but for me, yeah. I, I, I value, um, the relationships because mm-hmm. those last forever.
1: So, coming out of uh, MBA school, was there uh, uh, at that point had you completely embraced your entrepreneurial uh, identity, or were you planning on maybe working for a a company, or what was the plan after MBA? No, it's
2: interesting. That was the that was the dilemma that I was going through, and uh, because everyone's coming to recruit, you know, to BYU, and and there are all these companies, and you'd like get in at this entry level position, and then five years you're managing people, and you're like, oh. It just seemed like such a, something so undesirable to me. Um, and I mean, I did an internship in business school. I did like some, uh, in Guatemala, I did some, uh, market research for an ecotourism company, because mm. again, I wanted to do something internationally with my language, with business, make a difference. And so, I was like, what in the world am I going to do? And then someone, Suzanne, randomly mentioned, oh, this company is coming to recruit. They're a nursing home company and recruiting, like, administrators. And I remember starting to laugh. I'm like, who wants to work in a nursing home? (laughs) Um, And I went because they had free pizza. And um, I went, and I was so intrigued by their business model that really addressed so many of my entrepreneurial desires. Um, I wanted to, uh, like essentially they, 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 uh, they, um, helped, uh, revive distressed properties, um, nursing home properties. So whatever reason they were in trouble, whether that was financial, um, reputation, Regulatory, regulatory, like difficulties they were going through, and revive them and turn them around. And so that was really intriguing to me. Um, Like, oh, you mean I, I could help? uh, Like the challenge of like, oh, like a very terrible, stereotypically terrible place that I can turn around and at least maybe no one will ever want to go to a nursing home, but at least you can make their experience pleasant. That's an interesting challenge to me. And then that they basically gave you the keys and said, run this nursing home. You have full, complete responsibility, PL responsibility, hiring, firing, reputation, everything. It's your business. Make it happen. Be successful. And we'll give you all the tools and resources to do so. I'm like, this is awesome. Hmm. And, um, and not only that, I was like and plus if on the decisions that i make on a day to day basis i can directly and immediately impact people for good i mean that was like a, and and my team like i can empower my team and help them you know realize their potential and be great human beings and and do and, and really hone in on my own leadership style and skills and abilities. And, and I, that was intriguing. So that's what, that that's what I did out of business school and, um, and did that for, and also like, uh, changed the the trajectory of my life. Like that's where I developed my uh, my obsession over brand experience and customer experience. And I saw the immediate impact that if you have this extraordinary internal culture that then builds and and develops this incredible breakthrough brand experience where you're in creating evangelists for your business. Um, that's where I like saw it in action. And I'm like, I want to do this the rest of my life. Um, and so I studied like what all these other, you know, notable businesses had done to create these experiences like Disney's Zappos. Chick-fil-A in and out Trader Joe's like Ritz Carlton all the way across the board, what they did to create these experiences that we all talk about and we love and we freely share because, um, and we're big fans of how do you create that at a nursing home, you know? And then how do we then take that system and framework? And I applied that when I ran a home health agency. And then when we ran, uh, when we started surf air and now at the churro business and I, and now, you know, Ultimately, I want to take this to the world and share the power of human connection and brand experience to not only help you create like a, like a thriving business, um, but to live a, leave a lasting legacy of good in the world. And so anyway, so that my time in the nursing home was very formative in that whole process. And that's where I developed this whole system and saw it in action on, on, on the regular.
1: Yeah. So, did you think that you were? I mean, you had found your 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 career with, with that uh, with the rest home company and, and everything.
2: Wow, that's interesting. No, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, but I was you found
1: a passion within I that could, in that yeah, context. That. I, I
2: found that passion for for like leading a team getting everyone on the same page, bringing your mission and values to life yeah. and, um, and creating something that was reputable and extraordinary. Yeah. That was the passion. And then, through of course <laughs> i mean there so i ran one nursing home was a one that was f- bankrupt and we brought it out of bankruptcy and had all of these wonderful things happen um through this whole system and then w- my business partner elizabeth and i were asked to take over a m- much larger facility that was going to be shut down by the state for regulatory noncompliance. and mm-hmm. so um that was um that was a grueling experience and um, and one that made me ultimately I mean we did it we turned it around um, but uh, through a lot of um, hard work pain tears um, yeah lots of lots of hours of work and a Herculean effort on everyone's part that I just felt like that that was no longer for me um, and I I was too, it was requiring too much and was really kind of detrimental for my, uh, own well-being. Um, I mean, when you're working like 16 hours a day and eating really poorly and no time for yourself and, uh, like a number of other things, like it's just, it's not a great environment for you to feel fulfilled. Um, yeah. you could be making, Tons of money, but who cares if you don't have a life, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know? And um, and so uh, it uh, so a big learning. It was a big, a big learning moment for me and defining moment of like, you know, what I I'm ready to move on and do something different and take control of my life back and be uh, and try and get. Uh, getting a better in a better place and so it was uh i'm so grateful for the experience would never do it again um but it was uh um it was remarkable be, for that reason and i realized i'm like there are some key learnings that happened that that really um uh determined what I did with the rest of my life. Um, and, and how I didn't want to get that out of balance in my life ever again. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and needed, well, I actually like the word harmony better than balance like work life harmony, I think is and especially if you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur or you're working from home or whatever work like balance means that there's a give and a take. And I think like there's this merging happening where it's just like harmony, and that's what I feel like right now is that like this just work life harmony of work is my life I love my work I love what I do I love the people I work I, I, it's just like so many wonderful things but it's in harmony you know and and I and I like that perspective better than a work life balance. Um, but I truly was out of balance at that time and needed to find a better and, and committed to myself after that, after that experience to make sure that I was always in harmony with Mm. my professional endeavors and spirituality and, um, like personal, um, priorities as well. And, um, and so it was, it, it was really, important for me to go through that and learn that even though it was very hard.
1: (laughs) So since that point, like in the, around this idea of harmony, how do you, how do you make sure you're, you're not getting out of harmony with your career and and all these things, right? Is there, is it just taking a moment of reflection or going on a vacation and sitting and staring into the, uh, the ocean for, for a day? I mean, how do you make sure you, you maintain that harmony?
2: Um, for me, the harmony and and where I like visualize the harmony is that everything is integrated. And this, I don't know if this works well for everyone, but it works well for me in that, like my, my, um, I, yes, I think that there certainly is a place for like, um, like vacation and time off. Absolutely. hundred percent. I love travel so much and new experiences. It's like, but something that is just like part of who I am and I love it. But I think more than anything else, it's just a mindset of like putting in practice uh, things uh, and, and I'm some days better at this than others, but like, uh, like a morning, my morning routine, whether that's like what the, whatever that consists of, um, whether that's meditation, reading, praying, um, refocusing, writing down thoughts, journaling. I'm not great at any of these things, but, but those, I think a general, um, mentality of, of seeking to, to remember, like the big picture and, and, and a bigger perspective. And so wherever that happens and whenever, whatever moment that happens, and sometimes you have to like, like craft those moments and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the temple tonight and I'm, I, I just need to refocus. I, I go to church because, and I don't, uh, I like, I don't work on Sunday because I want to carve that time out. It's like recalibrate. And I long for those Sundays when it's like, uh, I'm like, go, 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 go all week. We're going, 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 whether it's, you know, most of it's work and then like play and, and whatever else is going on and family and social. And, but like, then you get to Sunday, it's like, okay, like, let's recalibrate, get back on, like, get back in alignment. Not that maybe things were off alignment, but maybe there were a little bit, get back in alignment, feel God's love, focus on something else that's not all of these other endeavors and focus on God, Jesus, spiritual development, growing closer to him, um, allowing his influence to come more freely into my life, recommitting, like, okay, okay, I'm going to do better this week at like praying or I'm going to be more concerted in my effort to be kind You know, whatever those little things are, I think like for me, it's been it's it's been embracing like and seeking for and making sure that they happen moments and whether that moment is 30 seconds, whether that moment is a two hour block at church, whether that moment is in my car, um, turning everything off and just like thinking Whether that moment is where, you know, I have a difficult conversation with one of my team members and I come back after that and I'm like, okay, how do I feel? It's a mindfulness. It's like thinking through how do I feel? How did that person feel? How did, uh, what did my actions, it's like a reflection. I so I, I I long for those moments uh, and I I, I like to eat those up and meaningful conversation and thinking through and having time to think reflect contemplate quiet I really value that um, you know and And just that moments of recalibration. So whatever that looks like, um, I I I try and make that happen as much as I can. And and I feel it when I when it's not there. Like I'm like okay okay I need to I need to get back on track. I need like get get this back in my life. You know because I love it.
1: Yeah yeah. There's always somewhat of a grind to whatever effort you're in professionally. Right. But it, there's sort of this gut feeling with it. Like, okay, I know there's a lot of work and it's hard, but there's a disconnect here or there's an overwhelm here that I'm not in harmony. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So tell us the airline story. I'm curious, uh, why <laughs> the audacity to start an airline and uh, then it didn't go too well. It sounds like,
2: well, it was awesome. It's still going and we still, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was incredible it was electric it was it wasn't electric planes but like the feeling was electric um yeah. so uh we had some uh dear friends wade and and dave irely brothers um have this crazy idea to start this not this all you can fly membership airline and a handful of us were in this the room where it happened in DC where um, we came to m- together and brainstormed about how we could make this happen. And, um, and we got into uh, uh, what we were like, so in this amazing like creative space of this is going to change the world. This is going to be amazing. And then at the end of these, this, this retreat, (laughs) we're like, everyone had their own job and no money to like make this happen. And we're just like, okay, we were so jazzed, but then nothing flash fast forward, like six weeks later, Wade calls me on new year's day. And he's like, Hey, so we just got into this incubator in, in Santa Monica. Um, do you want to come help start the airline? And I'm like, of course I do. Yes, a million times. Yes, absolutely. Let's go right now. And so, um, so five of us quit our jobs, what we were doing, and we we went to start an incubator and work for nothing for. F- for four plus months to build the 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 airline, and so it's an all you can fly membership airline. You pay a monthly fee, fly as much as you want between the cities that we served. No one had ever done it before. So like a couple of airlines, JetBlue and Southwest, I believe, had done some all you can fly passes for a certain amount of time, and it like broke their system. And so anyway, nothing had ever really been done like this in and out of private airports and all this stuff it was so fun. So I so each of us kind of took our role that made the most sense for where our our uh skills we li- er, skills were and our our passions and i was over marketing and member experience and it took us about a year and a half so fast forward we got funded after four months and then uh, our first series uh was then and then we got another series b around I, I believe it was about seven million the first was four and then we're like off the races and trying to get the faa clearance to start and And we had to you know, build an airline and lots of anticipation, but we couldn't sell anything until we were certified. And so, um, that was my to just like tease people along for like a year and a half until we were ready to go. And then let's get, let's get memberships. So after about a year and a half, we got clearance, we launched and, um, and it was amazing. Um, and so we were all in, uh, in, uh, we were going for about six, six months. And then, um, and then, the, the investors were making some changes and all of us founders were involved in those changes. And there's, there's a longer story there, but, sure. um, essentially it was, uh, it was really, really sad, um, and really difficult because all of us envisioned that we would be doing this for the rest of our lives possibly like mm-hmm. loved it. We were so committed, blood, sweat, tears. We loved it so much. And to have that rug pulled out from under us was was really disheartening and really
1: frustrating, sad, yeah. um, uh, and so the investors just uh, let all the founders go. Say thanks, but no I thanks. Mean, there's it's it's like
2: a it's, bit it's of gone, a okay. story. It's but yes, <laughs> yeah. it, I mean essentially that's what happened, and um and and so yeah but yeah. so then it was like, I was really upset and sad and, um, and taking a page from what I learned leaving my nursing home position. I, I was like, I allowed myself, I'm like, okay, you can be sad and kind of wallow in all of this for like a week or two. And then I remember one day I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done being Mm -hmm. sad. I don't have time for any toxicity in my life. I don't have, I don't have time for this. Like I, (laughs) I, there is too much joy in life. There is too many more opportunities that there are to be had and to make happen. Um, let's move on. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so grateful because it was that the, 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 yeah, it was just a, a, a really great, uh, you know, preparatory lesson that I had early on um in my in my career that has that has been helpful later on. Yeah. So then and, it was like, oh, gosh, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, we've, we all felt like we could do anything because we just did something no one had ever, ever done before, you know. And so, um and, with, and literally, I, the only one of us was a pilot. None of us had ever worked in aviation pre- previously. And so um, so it was really empowering, but also like, gosh, what do I do? I'm like a nursing administrator, airlines, like what? Toy and game? I, that was something. And they're like nonprofit. I'm like, people are like, who are you and what do you do? And I can't put you in a box, right? And mm-hmm. so um, – then that started my whole soul searching process that that was very awesome.
1: And and is that what uh, led you towards San Diablo and and starting that off off the cuff with a corn bellies activity?
2: (laughs) Well, it was a bit of a process, a multi-year process of, uh, um, but ultimately I, there's so there's there's two elements to the San Diablo origin story, and one is yes, it's like oh, I've always had this idea of uh, I had my first fresh filled churros in Mexico City. What I was an intern there years and years back, and I was like, this is too good. Why, why we have such mediocre churros in America? We gotta. It would be irresponsible not to not to bring something this good to America <laughs> someday. And I was like, oh well, who knows. Um so there was that that was part of it and the the other side of the story that I don't often tell is that I that there's a bigger picture to what I'm I'm looking to uh to develop and grow and and establish with with San Diablo and that is this idea of taking the system and framework about human connection and brand experience and culture internal culture um that I had developed and seen tremendous results from, I wanted to share that. I wanted to, like, I wanted to consult with companies, and I and I I wanted to share that um, in any possible way, and I didn't really fully understand how. Um, and so I was like, well, I know this is going to take a while, so I need to have something to, like, bankroll this. <laughs> like, I'm not independently wealthy, and so, like, so... In tandem with developing San Diablo, I was on this path of creating this, this, uh, this idea of, of, um, the importance of human connection and brand experience and sharing that. And how do I go about doing that? And how do I tell that story and who cares, you know? And, and so I'll, as I was doing that, um, I, was I launched San Diablo to, and also for the reason I, I wanted to see my system work in another industry. Mm. I wanted to see it in, I'd seen it work in healthcare and in travel and tourism. I wanted to see it in another industry. I also wanted to be in the trenches with other CEOs and say, yeah, I know this is tough. Like I'm, we're doing this right now. Or this is what happens when you get like a one-star review on Yelp, you have a heart attack and then you like get revived. And what do you do and pick up and move on from that and change that? Um, Like what are the challenges and difficulties? And so I want, I liked that being able to be in the trenches and have that level of empathy and understanding with CEOs that were looking that really, truly wanted to create an amazing brand experience that, that everyone covets, right? Like we all want to be like Trader Joe's and (laughs) now and and Chick-fil-A and the Ritz, like, but how do we actually do it? What are the systems and processes and mindsets that need to be put in place to make that happen? And so that is the path that I'm on now. Like that was like, you know, six, seven years ago. And now all of this is like coming to fruition and, and San Diablo is, is, um, is uh, have an amazing team operating um our fresh operations and we just expanded to do like a diy arm of our business um that allow- has allowed us to scale nationally um and and this has also allowed me to to refocus and and double down on my efforts to uh, in business consulting and in speaking training inspiring business leaders to to truly embrace uh uh, human connection and brand experience as a competitive advantage and so i have a podcast i'm writing a book i've been speaking and training for several years and and um lead taco tours executive mastermind taco tours to mexico city yeah. where we have this whole so i've decided in this whole process that the taco was this amazing like unexpected master class in brand connect brand experience and human connection Um, There's so many little, little perfect micro interactions that happen in a true taco experience that that we could all learn from that could dramatically impact our business. Um, You know, like people, people like I remember this one time I was in uh, in uh, L.A., I went, I lived in LA for a while and one of my favorite places in the East LA, this taco truck at the top of this, like where the five and the sixty and the ten freeways spaghetti bowl meet, and let's at this car wash. And I went in, walked up to El Becas and to the window, and Ernesto greets me and he's like, Hey Scott, where you been for the past six months? Do you want <laughs> wow. your do you want your tacos the way you always like them? Extra crispy meat with extra pineapple? And I'm like, yes, of course, that's how I want them. But how do you remember that? Yeah, like, wow, like there's so many things in this like 30 second interaction that tell such a rich story of their mindset, how they run their business, how they recruit, how they've set up expectations. They remembered my name, remembered like what I ordered there's like the second largest city in America. And he remembered me, you know, like that's incredible. Imagine what that means. If, if like, if you are running a software business and you're, you, you like all of your sales rep remembers that, remember everyone's name and and genuinely want to give them what they want, even though it may be hard for your internal team or require extra work. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is what extra crispy meat and extra pineapple means, you know? So, How do we get there and then create these experiences where we feel seen, heard, valued, loved, where people, you feel like a VIP, you know, and the impact that that has. And there's all sorts of statistics and research that have been done that do that. And so that is like, I'm, I'm like, like, that's, that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's so exciting. And I want to, uh, help inspire as many business leaders and everyone to, uh, myself included, actually, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not the, the poster child for all of this, but I, I do have a deep, deep, deep desire to continually be better and treat people, um, with more of a human touch with the namaste mentality with the mi casa casa mentality you know
1: yeah and, and there's so much of the gospel you know it, you know christ-like approaches in that oh. approach through branding right and and that's the beauty of that branding personal experience is that you can share your soul through it which is connected to uh, the the beauties of the gospel
2: well and ultimately this is i I was it's so interesting kurt i was i was sharing this with someone recently and and i and he's like okay what is this all about all this taco stuff like really really what is this all about and i'm like you know what zooming way out from all of this like the big why here for me is that i want to help people feel the love of god and I want to help them achieve their divine potential. And if my vehicle for doing that is to work with business leaders and others that are that have the influence on how businesses are run and the business's touch points are exponential and their people are happy and they're having happy experiences and we're raising levels of happiness and self-worth and, um, and uh, reducing levels of anxiety and bringing more joy into the world, that is what I want to spend my entire life doing. And he's like, so basically you want to be a missionary. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not wearing a tag and a, and a tie all the time, but I, I, there is no greater cause that I can imagine than like spending one's life, helping lift others. And that's what I want to do. And, um, and so, uh, you're exactly right. Like it's those moving. It's it's like those moving moments when. Have you watched? You watched the Chosen. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, Big fan. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so if yeah. you haven't seen The Chosen, I mean, come on. Like, it, drop everything. Stop listening to this. That's right.
1: I mean, I'm sorry, Kurt. We <laughs> can keep listening to the podcast. Oh, we're about done here, Scott. We can, like, <laughs> we can like, wait a few minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or at least maybe put us on pause. Okay. Go finish right. The whole season <laughs> and our both seasons. Um, yeah. I mean, what I've, I've gained from that perspective of watching um his portrayal of the savior is this this hyper personal um hyper understanding uh approach to to people yeah and and he cares so much for the individual and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks <laughs> yeah um i mean he obviously wants everyone to to care for each other as well but he he is unabashedly loving kind um understanding forgiving um human in that part he is very human (laughs) um with his divine dna as well um yeah and it's powerful i mean that ultimately is I, I, one of my favorite talks is, uh, Jesus Christ, the perfect leader by president Kimball. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's an, it's, um, been around for a while, (laughs) um, but it's profound. Yeah. And, uh, and I think so much that we can learn from, from our savior in, in approaches to business and how we, uh, not just make our decisions and live our own lives, but how how are we empowering and enabling others to reach their potential and to because he he sees people as God does, yeah. and I think that there would be I mean C.S. Lewis talks about this too, right? Like we would profoundly impact how we treated each other if we truly saw each other as God sees us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well Scott, I got one more question for you. But if people do want to reach out, uh where where would you send them? And I mean, and you have a few I a, a few different uh, things they can look into, but where where would you send them? Sure.
2: Oh um, yeah, I'd love to connect um for sure. Uh I mean so many ways. LinkedIn, um I'm Scott Craig Porter on LinkedIn um is a great way. Uh if I I um I want to be better at DM on all of these platforms, but if I don't immediately get back to you, please keep bugging me. Um, and, uh, but um, SanDiablochurros.com is the churro business. Um, uh, vitamin T, uh, all of the, the, what we've been talking about, about human connection, brand experience and tacos um, is uh, going to be, our website's going to be live soon. Vitamin T on forevervitamint.com. Um, right now, a preliminary website, there is search for the perfect taco.com. Um, but yeah, Instagram is all of those same handles, um, as well. I'd love to connect, um, and, and stay in touch with anyone and help in any way that I can as, as any of the listeners are either in their career or, um, or contemplating getting into business in some some aspect or going back to business school, um, happy to help and offer any sort of per, uh, perspective that that I have.
1: Awesome. And uh, I would definitely encourage people if they maybe run a, a team, especially a marketing team or a, an organization and having Scott come and just uh, speak about branding and connecting, you know, personally with, with customers and whatnot, obviously uh, your story, uh, you know, speaks more to that than anything I could say, but he does a great job and uh, you're doing great work, Scott. So that's awesome. well, thank you.
2: Well, and I would also say too, if, if,
1: if this, to- if any of these topics
2: like resonate with you, like come and talk to me because we're, we're, we're building a team that is in this consultancy. Um, and, or if you know anyone that, that, that this may resonate with, I, I'd love to
1: chat, um, cool. and, uh, and, and do the greatest good that we can. Great. Last question I have for you, Scott, is uh if you're in a room full of MBA students, uh young professionals, individuals striving to um find success in their professional life and also find spiritual success, what final encouragement would you give them?
2: Hmm. Um I would say uh <clears throat> I would say what like one of the easiest um or one of the 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 quickest pieces of advice that comes to my mind the first thing that came to my mind was like seek first the kingdom of god and all uh, all these other things will be added unto you um and so that's i think what i would say um not i think that's that makes it sound like i'm doubting but I'm there's like so many things right there's like so yeah. so, so <laughs> many things that i could say um that like boiling it down that is the most important thing just keep god involved in your life because he wants to be i i know that he loves you he loves me He, he has a special plan for each one of us and, and has given us talents and gifts and abilities and weaknesses and strengths and, and, um, and, and wants to, and, and there's a reason for that is so that we can ultimately be like him. And so there's there's a process of involving him more and more in that process in our lives and that he will consecrate whatever effort we do with our family, with our business, with um, any church service or volunteer work that we do. He will consecrate that for for and maximize that for the, the for impact. And so I would just say, seek God and he'll and he'll he'll bless you for for that seeking.
0: Thank you for listening to the Latter-day Saint MBA podcast. Check out the show notes for more information about our guests and visit com to find details about the Latter-day Saint MBA Society.